Welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and this week we are yet again celebrating all things Italian. I just can't get enough. After last week's episode uh, with Stanley Tucci, I just... Every day should be Italian day, you know? Ah, well, how is everyone? If you've noticed, this episode is coming out on a Thursday. I know my schedule's been a little wonky. I think I released that Stanley Tucci episode on a Sunday. But today it's coming out on a Thursday because I've got some special announcements to make. One in particular. So I have decided at long last to make a Patreon for The Good Vanilla I've decided to call it the Good Patreon, of course, because there was nothing else I could have called it. Uh, But for those of you folks who might not be familiar with Patreon, it's essentially like it's a platform that a lot of content creators use, especially podcasters, uh, to release like bonus episodes and perks for listeners on a subscription-based plan in order to generate a little cash flow. So I decided to keep the Good Patreon very simple. There's only one subscription tier, which is called Hydrangeas. Uh, essentially, if you sign up to become a Hydrangea, you will receive early access to episodes every week on Thursdays. Uh, and in, in addition to that, you will also get a bonus episode every week. I've decided to run with the title A Splash of the Good Vanilla for the bonus episodes. And those episodes will essentially... In my mind, they're going to be like themed every week to match what I'm talking about on the main episode. For instance, like this week is Italian food. So I will be counting down like my top favorite, like top five favorite Italian dishes. I think it's going to be kind of like that five to one sort of model. Or another example would be like... Uh, Maybe like my favorite Thanksgiving sides or even, you know, because it was rather recent, like my top favorite like Girl Scout cookies. It's just going to be like loosey-goosey sort of freeform conversation, but, um, you know, it's another way for me to connect with y'all and give you more of the good vanilla via the good Patreon. So by now, you're probably thinking, Nick, this is so cool. I can't wait to sign up. How do I do it? And how much does this cost? I'm so glad you asked. So all you have to do is go to www.patreon.com slash the good Patreon. And just in case... Uh, I just want to spell that for you as well. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So once more, it's www.patreon.com slash thegoodpatreon. And it's pretty simple. You just click on the blue join bar right under the select a membership level. There's only one. Pretty simple. You'll see a picture of a beautiful bouquet of uh, blue hydrangeas. Can't miss it. And it is a mere $5 a month to sign up, which is, you know, basically the cost of one of those gorgeous cold brews that Ina ordered for her and Stanley last week. Um, Probably even less, I'm imagining, because, you know, it's East Hampton and those prices are crazy. So I'm super excited and committed to making more good vanilla content for y'all. And if for some reason you have any questions, you want to know more about Patreon or any of the details surrounding it, you know where to find me. You can email me at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. You can message me on Facebook or even Instagram as well, too. And if you don't have the means or the technological skills to sign up for the Patreon, that is okay. I say it at the end of every episode, telling another Barefoot Contessa fanatic about the podcast or leaving a review on iTunes is worth its weight in gold. And I'm always happy to have you listening in any capacity that you so choose. So to recap, 
just because it's a lot of info at once. If you sign up for the good Patreon, you'll receive early access to the main feed episodes, as well as a bonus episode, a splash of the good vanilla every week. That's eight episodes a month, folks. That's super exciting. Who doesn't want more of the good vanilla? Am I right? Uh, And one last reminder, if you don't sign up for the Patreon, the main feed episodes will still be released. Uh, They're just going to be released on Friday. Again, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you'll be getting those episodes earlier on Thursday. But for everyone else, they'll be released on Friday. And but also if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get that bonus episode on Friday as well, too. So that is the schedule I'm sticking to. I'm so looking forward to it, everyone. I think it's going to be so great. I'm, I'm so excited to dig in. I think what I will do this week, I'm going to release this episode on Thursday, and I'm going to give a little bit of a sample, just a little, little sample of what a splash of the good vanilla would be like on the main feed so listeners can kind of get a little feel for it, see if it's something that you like. And then the next week, um, you know, if you s- decide to sign up for the Patreon, it's going to be on Patreon. The early access, the bonus episodes will officially launch Uh, Not this week, but next week. So I hope that all makes sense. Again, if you have any questions, you know, reach out. I'm I'm more than willing to help anyone through this if they have questions or or comments or suggestions, really. I think there's a lot of room for some cool stuff to happen on the Patreon, even maybe branching outside of the like the Barefoot Contessa universe and maybe like, you know, doing an episode of like oh gosh, like Nigella or like Giada or something like that. And, you know, maybe some guests will pop up. I think it's it's super exciting. So that is all I'm going to say. That is all the time I'll take up talking about the good Patreon. Let's get into this episode. This is, this is like, speaking of a lot of words here, this is Back to Basics Season 17, Episode 5, Cook Like a Pro, Italian. I don't even know if that's going to fit on the episode description, but um, let's hope. Let's hope there's no character limit. So, Ina begins. This is all about Italian. First, a fabulous twofer with tomato and eggplant soup, where the leftovers become the most amazing baked pasta with tomatoes and eggplant. Then, two of my favorite Italian ingredients, pancetta and pecorino, make a kale Caesar salad over-the-top delicious. There's a flounder milanese topped with arugula salad and a twist on a classic dish. And finally, I'm stirring up a limoncello vodka Collins cocktail. Buon appetito. (laughs) So a lot of good stuff. I can't wait to talk about eggplant. And really, that's the first thing. So let's get into this. So Ina starts out by cutting up some eggplant for this um, tomato and eggplant soup. Uh, She scrunches her nose up first and she's like, I secretly hate leftovers. But what I love is something something I call a twofer, which of course is... Making, uh, you know, making one dish and then the next day turning that into like another dish. It kind of reminds me of Sandra. Oh, Sandra Lee. That's a great, uh, good Patreon uh, wormhole. I would love to do an episode of Sandra Lee semi-homemade. So, you know, the ideas just keep coming, folks. And I'm willing to take those recommendations. So, oh, gosh, she's out of her mind, but I do love her. She has really good Halloween episodes, Sandra Lee. Like, they are off-the-wall bonkers. I feel like she dressed up as Cher one year, like, in the middle of the woods. Maybe I'm getting my wires crossed, but it's, oh, it's so good. Anyway, speaking of good, I just feel, in general, that eggplant is, like, I think zucchini can take a hike. You know what I mean? I know that zucchini has its place and is healthy and all that stuff, but, like, oh, my God, eggplant parm is just, like, I feel like my mom one time raved about a zucchini parm, and I'm not saying that it probably wasn't good, but I just hate the water content of a zucchini. 
I know the eggplant has some water content of its own too, but I just, I just, I love eggplant in every form. Like I love a baba ganoush. I love an eggplant parm. Anything with eggplant, I'm pretty much down for. Um, so to continue this, she has a cup and a half, or she, yeah, she has a cup and a half of olive oil heating up in um, her Dutch oven on the stove. She puts her eggplant in and she cooks it for around five minutes until the eggplant is tender. And then she adds two cups of chopped onions and two cups of chopped fennel. And that cooks for about another six minutes. And once the onion and fennel are cooked up, she adds some garlic into the pot for just a minute, of course. We don't want to burn our garlic. She uses a lot of olive oil for her um, eggplant. And I know eggplant is tricky because it, like, it really does, like, you could pour, like, a good amount of olive oil on a pan and like that eggplant just like acts like a sponge too. So, but I think there is like a, there's a fine line. And I liked it. I liked to believe that Ina didn't cross that line, but it sure looked like she came, <laughs> she came really close. But, um, then where am I? My notes here. I'm going off the rails. Okay. So she adds three cups of homemade chicken stock to that and followed by one can of San Marzano crushed tomatoes. And I don't know if I talked about this on the web, um, the website, the podcast. I don't know where my brain is uh, before, but I thought San Marzano was a, like a brand of tomato, but it's not. It's just a type of tomato. So for anyone else out there who, who was making that mistake, uh, you're welcome. But I always thought San Marzano was a brand, but it is not. So next she adds some fennel seed into it to intensify the fennel seed or the fennel flavor, I guess. I feel like I could pass on that one. I, I feel I would put the fennel in, but I don't know. Fennel's not something I'm going to run towards. But if it's just a little dash, I guess it's not It's not going to kill me. But uh, in addition to the fennel seeds, she adds some fresh thyme to the pots and then uh, dry oregano because we all know, of course, that fresh oregano can be, can be a lot. Uh, so, yeah, and who has fresh oregano? I'm sure Ina does, but uh, we're using dry oregano today, folks. So she finishes it up with a little bit of crushed red pepper, salt and pepper, and that's it for this part, for this step, I guess. She lets that kind of simmer away. So while that's doing that, she adds a whole can of tomatoes into the food processor. Rather successfully, actually. She was nervous she would get it all over herself, and it did. It almost looked like it was going to go south, but, you know, she saved herself. A little bit of a splash, but uh, I kind of love when Ina makes a mess. Um, so she gives that a blitz in the food processor, and then transfers it over to the Dutch oven with the rest of the soup. And while she finishes up the soup, we flash forward to the twofer portion of this recipe as she shows us how to turn this into a pasta dish, which is baked pasta with tomatoes and eggplant, which is, you know, basically pasta and the eggplant and tomato soup. So she boils up some nudes. Uh, she uses penne regatte and fusilli, which I think is interesting. I always get nervous baking two or not baking but like boiling two types of pasta in one pot um which i guess they both have similar structures not similar i mean they definitely don't look alike the fusilli and the uh, penne regatte but um i just feel like one of them would cook faster than the other and it would just be mush so i don't know why i'm overthinking that or even like going down that road but i would like i feel like i'd end up boiling them in two pots separately but maybe i just need to learn to let go a little bit you know um, so she, she puts the cooked pasta into like a big glass bowl and then she ladles out, I think like, I think she said like three cups of soup, like three hefty ladlefuls of the eggplant and tomato soup on top of that. And 
On top of that, she adds a bit of fresh mozzarella cubes, a few tablespoons of freshly grated Parmesan, some salt and pepper, and gives it a good mix. I could like eat it like that, to be honest. Um, and then she divides it between three gratin dishes, which she, and then she puts a few cubes of butter on each of them. Oh my God. I love, like anytime, I probably said this on the podcast, so I apologize, but I think my dad showed me how to do this when I was younger too. Like anytime you're heating up, like you could always put like home, like a leftover pasta, like in a bowl and microwave it or whatever, or even like, but if you put it in a skillet with like some butter and just kind of let it do its thing, it just like makes it so rich and ugh, it's so good and it's terrible for you, but so worth it. I love it. I don't do it all the time, but it's, it's really good. So she puts those, uh, the three gratin dishes into the oven, 500 degrees for 10 minutes, very quick. And she takes them out when they're, when they're starting to brown, she opens the oven back up to quickly sprinkle some more freshly grated Parmesan and then bake them for another four minutes. And it just looks spectacular. It really is like taking, taking it up another notch really. And, you know, with the volume turned up. I, I would love this. Uh, I'd be really excited to have this served to me as, you know, a second or a twofer, as she calls it. Um, so now we flash back to the present where Ina ladles out some of the eggplant soup. You know, she just wants to have a bowl of soup. And she finishes it with some freshly grated parm and some olive oil. And it just looks perfect. I, I do... I am team chunky, if that makes sense, which, which sounds like gross. But I do love... I don't know if I want like chunky tomatoes, but I do want like chunky eggplants. Um, it just, I don't know, it feels right. So I, I'm on, and I feel Ina feels the same too. So we're, we're all in agreement. So after the commercial break, it's time for a Tuscan kale salad with pancetta and pecorino. And she starts by taking out the ribs of the kale down the center of each leaf because they're not really edible. Um, I don't think I've ever bought Tuscan kale. It looks really good. I think I've had it like at restaurants, but I usually buy like the curly, like just, you know, standard kale. But this looks really nice. Um, and of course, Ina whips up her classic bit about kale getting a PR agent. We've heard it so many times before, but it never really gets old. I do love it. You know, it, the, she says, uh, what does she say? She's like, I don't, what, I don't exactly know when kale got a PR agent, but it seems to be really popular. Hmm. Um, which is just, I, I love it. I love that she'll dig that out every once in a while. But it's true. It's like no one knew what the hell kale was until like, I don't know. I can't remember when it first started to really fall on my radar, but yeah, it was like a sensation. So next up is the dressing. Um, and this is like, I think I said this before, but is this a, did I say that it was a, I said Tuscan kale salad, but it really is like a Caesar sal salad in many ways, like a Caesar kale salad. So the dressing, uh, this is all going to the food processor. She puts in four anchovies, a clove of garlic, two egg yolks, some Dijon mustard, uh, fresh lemon juice, salt and pepper, and that's it. Um, well, I guess it's not it because then she has to, she turns on the food processor and then drizzles in two thirds of a cup of the good olive oil. And she decides to throw in a little pecorino cheese in as well, just for, you know, some good measure. So she gives it a taste, the dressing, and she's, of course, it's perfect. It, it sounds delicious. And she takes her big, beautiful bowl of kale. She fluffs it up a little bit, and she's like, look how beautiful that is, if I do say so myself. And she kind of, you know, hmm, looks to the camera. Um, but it does look nice. <laughs> it looks really beautiful. So 
Then she pours some of the dressing over the kale, keeping in mind, of course, that you can always add more later, but you can't really take any away. So she throws in the diced pancetta on top of that. And she tells us that when she cooked the pancetta, she used the fat in the skillet from the pancetta to make some homemade, uh, I wrote breadcrumbs in my notes, but I, I meant to say croutons. Uh, breadcrumbs would be great too. But she adds, and then on top of that, she adds some big, just like shaved shards of that that aged pecorino. Ugh, this is... She tosses it together and says, I mean, who wouldn't want to eat this? I do love when she gets excited about food. I, I, I think she likes everything that she makes, but you can always tell when she's really excited to either like try something or she just, you know, it just came out really well. Or either that or it's almost lunchtime and she gets to eat what she makes and she's ready, you know? So... She adds some salt on top, too, which I thought I would have left that out, I think. Between, like, the anchovies and the pancetta and the cheese, I feel like we're all set on the salt levels, you know? But also, uh, who cares? (laughs) So uh, next up is flounder milanese, or if you're Giada De Laurentiis, you would say a flounder milanese. Um, Which she starts, she basically starts by prepping her bowls, it's like a bowl slash plate, if that makes sense, uh, to do like all the dredging of the of the fish. So she has a bowl of flour, salt and pepper. And then the other two bowls, one of them is two eggs uh, that are beaten and then with a little bit of water. And then uh, the last bowl is the seasoned breadcrumbs, just store bought, nothing fancy. So now it's time for the flounder. It goes in the flour first, then egg, then the breadcrumbs. And now it's time to saute the fish. She pours in some olive oil and some butter into a skillet. And she cooks them for three minutes on one side and then two minutes on the other side. Uh, She puts them on a sheet pan and uh, puts them in a 250 degree oven just to keep them warm. That's, I mean, that's very basic sort of. I mean, I feel like you do this with chicken. You could do it with fish, any sort of protein. Um, I feel like 250 degrees is like too warm. I feel like I would be stressed (laughs) that they're like especially with fish because I feel like they're so delicate but you know Ina knows best I don't think she's going to keep them in there for like three hours um so while the flounder is keeping nice and toasty Ina makes her classic lemon vinaigrette which we all know is just you know some olive oil lemon juice salt and pepper and then she pours the vinaigrette on top of some baby arugula and gives that a stir and she also fries up some drained capers, which I love. I've never heard, I've never seen this before. I would never think to do that, um, but I'm down for that. I love capers. So while those capers uh, are crackling away over there, Ina takes the flounder out of the oven, and she plates one up by pile. She puts like the the fish down first on a plate, and then puts a little pile of uh, the arugula salad and the fried capers, and then some Parmesan cheese, a little sea salt little squeeze of lemon this is just like 10 out of 10 yes please like this is the perfect lunch I feel like she did this with um I feel like she did this with like a chicken uh cutlet almost too I I feel like in another episode that I covered too it's just really simple elegant and um delicious you know that's the most important part uh way to just like eat eat some lunch I feel I don't know if we're eating lunch in this episode really but for me, in my in this dream scenario, I'm having lunch with Ina. So where are we now? Last, but certainly not least, is this Limoncello Vodka Collins. But before we get that, this is just like such an... If it, it, it seems like a filler segment, but I'm, you know, I'm always, I'm always happy to see what Ina has going on in her pantry. Um, so we get a brief tour of all of the Italian liqueurs, or liquors, really, 
liquors and liqueurs that Ina has in her pantry. So she shows us she like has a bottle of Campari, which she uses for cocktails, of course. And then we also see a beautiful Granita, which uh, I feel like she's made them with different. I, I've never seen the Campari one, to be honest. I feel like she's done it with a different sort of I feel like some sort of like grapefruit granita at least in my mind I feel like I even talked about it on this episode or this not this episode but this podcast but it's like Italian ice you kind of put it in like a like a like a 9 by 13 dish and then you put it in the freezer and take it out scrape it a little bit put it back in it, it feels like a nice summer treat um I don't really love Campari it's like it's bitter for me I remember one time I was at a restaurant in Pittsburgh here and I really wanted a, a oh my gosh I'm forgetting the name of it what is it called? For some reason, I'm I'm thinking tequila sunrise, but that's not it. A an Aperol spritz. There we go. Uh, but they didn't have Aperol. There was like an Aperol shortage or something, which is you know a key ingredient. So they made me a Campari spritz, and it was so bitter. And I could have just said like, I hate this. Like, can I have something else? And maybe I would have now. I, this was like. I don't know how long ago, but I should have just... Because she was like, do you like it? And I was like, yeah, it's okay. Uh, it was fine. So we also move on to Ina showing us a bottle of Marsala, which is uh, she uses for sausage stuffed mushrooms, uh, and Zabayon, which is a an Italian dessert that looks great. I don't know what it was, but um, Ina says it's used for an amazing Italian dessert called Zabayon. Zabayon? Zabayon. <laughs> I feel like it's like Gabagool. Um Anyway, so and then she goes to talk on on to talk about her liqueurs, which almond, hazelnut, and then her favorite limoncello. I don't, I, that would not be my favorite. I like limoncello, but like, I love a hazelnut liqueur. Like, come on. Um, but you know, we have to talk about limoncello because that's it's a key player, uh, not only in the cocktail she's making today, but in her ricotta cheesecake bars, like lemon cheesecake bars. It looks so good. Oh my gosh. Uh, sometimes she'll drizzle it over some fresh fruit salad. She'll pour it over ice cream. Uh, but it, like I said, it's it's going to be the, uh, the the main player in our cocktail today. So let's get to that. So she starts out with uh, one and a half cups of vodka, one cup of freshly squeezed lemon juice. Don't even think about using that plastic bottle. Hmm. Uh, and then we have six tablespoons of sugar syrup, a quarter cup of limoncello, and then a cup and a half of sparkling, she says sparkling Italian water, but, you know, sparkling water. And then she gives that a stir and then presents a glass that we find has a, it's a mix of salt and sugar on the rim. She mixed them together, folks, and I don't know how, I, I, I've said it before in the pod, I don't love a salt rim. I'll take a sugar rim, but really, if I have a margarita, it's on the rocks and there's, there's nothing on the rim. I, I, especially the salt. Ugh, I just it's too much. I I don't really love. I love salt, but not not in that capacity. But I would try this. I guess a sugar and salt rim. I don't know. And Ina is super excited about it. She's like she says it's like Goldilocks. She's like beaming at her newfound combo of these two, you know, ingredients. So she puts some ice in the glass, and then and this does look so good as she's pouring it in. It it looks like the perfect summer cocktail and I know I've said it many times but I do feel like this is something that I could easily make and want to make for like a picnic or you know if we're if we're going to a party that's something for us to bring um I'm definitely going to keep that on my list so 
We'll see if it happens. Um, and we're wrapping up the episode here. Ina is, uh, you know, she's back in the kitchen here. She's like, well, I hope I've inspired you to make some really good Italian dishes. And since it must be five o'clock somewhere in the world, salute. And then she takes a sip of her drink and says, mmm, it's so good. Smash cut. That's the end. Um, not an exciting ending, but that's okay because it was an exciting episode. I mean, a lot of delicious things on that menu. Um, and I can't wait to have that. I don't know what a Tom Collins is. I feel like she said it was like lemon juice. It's, it almost reminded me, she said it was like lemonade and like gin or something. I could be wrong and I could have looked it up on the spot here, but, um, I've never ordered a Tom Collins and I, and I'm assuming this is like a spin, a spin off of that, but Oh, I guess that's all I have for you this week, folks. So thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, the newly minted Patreon, the good Patreon. Go ahead and sign up, folks. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Just go to www.patreon.com slash thegoodpatreon. And I also made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook, of course. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kachanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.